I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law does he meditate day and night. I will delight myself in thy statutes, and I will not forget thy word. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live, and keep thy word. Open thou my eyes, that I might behold wondrous things out of your Torah. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just give us all receptive hearts and minds as we read and study your word this afternoon. Help us to know what your word is trying to say to us so we can apply it to our hearts and our lives and go out into the world and live it and be shining lights for you and for your honor and for your glory. Heavenly Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just ride upon my words and use my mouth as a mouthpiece and a megaphone to deliver clearly and concisely your word. Father, we love you and we praise you. And we ask these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. As a springboard for today's Torah portion, which is Bashalach, which means after he lets you go, and it's taken from Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, going all the way to chapter 17, verse 16, I want to use as a springboard the Lord's Prayer, also known as the Model Prayer. And we all know this prayer, and if you do, say it along with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So I want to hone in and focus in on this phrase, give us this day our daily bread. What do you think Yeshua had in mind when he said this? What did he want to call, want us to call to mind by this phrase, give us this day our daily bread? I think it's actually found in this week's Torah portion. I think it's found in the book of Exodus. So turn with me, if you will, to Exodus chapter 16. Chapter 16 is dealing with the manna from heaven. And the title of today's sermon is The Mystery of the Manna. So in Exodus chapter 16, starting with verses 4 and 5, it says, Then Adonai said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. The people will go out and gather a day's portion every day so that I can test them to find out whether they walk according to my Torah, according to my law, according to my instructions, or not. So on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they have gathered day by day. Now let's jump down to verse 13 and kind of jump right in the middle of that verse. It says, Moreover, in the morning there was a layer of dew all over the camp. When the layer of dew was gone, on the surface of the desert was a thin, flake-like frost, as fine as the frost on the ground. When B'nai Israel, when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? In other words, they said, manna. What is it? That's what manna means. It means, what is it? For they did not know what it was. So it's something that they've never seen before. Now, 
you know, I'm sure that 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 they they um maybe weren't totally familiar with surviving out in the desert, but they weren't dummies either. They probably knew uh, the general things about nature regarding the vicinity of Egypt and the land. And if manna was a thing that naturally came as a substance from the trees, as a lot of scholars and a lot of people believe, that it was like this, this, uh, this crystallized sap, this crystallized substance that came from trees, and the wind would 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 whisk it away and blow it off the trees and it would end up on the ground and that's what manna was according to some people but i don't think that's what it is at all i think that's just our rational scientific westernized minds trying to to figure out a miracle trying to come up with a rational explanation for something that was miraculous i mean god i don't think was was uh being uh an allegorical in any way when he said in verse uh, four i will rain bread from heaven for you I will rain bread from heaven for you. I don't think that that he was just being poetic, waxing poetic. I think he was being literal. So I think manna was a truly miraculous thing because in the desert, in the wilderness they were at, there were not enough trees to produce this substance that would feed millions of people. It's, it's just not possible. And they're saying, well, the Exodus couldn't, be, couldn't have been real because you know millions of people couldn't survive out in the desert. You know what? They're right. Rationally, logically, scientifically speaking, millions of people on the run that just had the clothes on their back and just whatever food they brought with them when they escaped couldn't survive out in the desert. There wouldn't be enough water and wouldn't be enough food for millions of people. That's why there was the miracle of the manna. And that's why there was the miracle from the water from the rock. Because if it wasn't for God's miraculous means, the children of Israel wouldn't have survived out in the desert. That's the whole point of the exodus from Egypt is that it was a supernatural, miraculous event meant to, to cause to spin our, our rational, scientific, logical minds. Okay, back to the passage here. It says, when B'nai Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? They did not know what it was. Then Moses said to them, it is the bread that Adonai has given you to eat. This is the word that Adonai has commanded. Every man is to gather according to his needs an omer. An omer. Uh, I believe an omer is approximately two liters or two quarts, something around that area. That would be enough to feed one person for one day. So it says every man is to gather according to his needs an omer per person, according to the number of people per household. Each man is to take it for those who are in his tent. So the man of the house was was not only supposed to gather this manna in for himself, but for as many people that were living with him. So his wife, his kids, etc. Verse 17, B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, did so, and some gathered more, some less. When they measured, when they measured it with an omer, those who gathered more had nothing left over. And those who had gathered less did not lack at all. So it didn't really matter how much you gathered, it always ended up being two quarts, two liters and omer per person, approximately. Uh, okay, so every man gathered according to his appetite, as much as he could eat in one day. Also, Moses said to them, let no one save any of it until morning. In other words, no leftovers. No leftovers from Sunday, you know, to, 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 um, you know, to Friday morning. 
or to, yeah, to Friday morning. No leftovers. Verse 20, however, they did not listen to Moses, and some of them preserved it until the morning. This is just a natural, fearful human reaction. We don't know where our next meal is coming from. We don't know if we're going to have food to sustain us tomorrow, so we better keep some left over. It's stupid not to. Uh, what, is, what does Moses know? Right. But yet it wasn't Moses who commanded him. It was God who commanded Moses to command the people. Let no one save any of it until the morning. However, they did not listen to Moses. and Some of them preserved it until the morning, but it bred worms and rotted. So this miraculous bread from heaven obviously had an organic element to it in order for it to rot and produce maggots. It says so Moses was angry with them because this is a form of uncleanness unsanitary uh, conditions that could uh, cause sickness and disease. Verse 21, so they, get, so they gathered in the morning by morning, each man according to his needs, and as the sun became hot, it melted. That's interesting. It dissolved with the sun. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread. Why? Because they can't work on the Sabbath. They can't go gather Saturday morning, so Friday had to be enough to last them Friday and all day Saturday until evening. So it says, uh, so um, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each individual. So that's four quarts, four liters for each person in a household. So all the leaders of the community came and informed Moses, but he said to them, this is what Adonai has said. Tomorrow is Shabbat. It's a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to Adonai. Bake whatever you would bake, boil whatever you would boil, store up for yourselves, everything that remains to be kept until morning. So in other words, this was a totally different commandment than the command for the days of the week, no leftovers. He's saying only on Friday are you permitted to keep leftovers until morning and it won't spoil, it won't rot, it won't produce maggots. And there was another miracle because every other day of the week it rotted and produced maggots except for Friday. So the Lord preserved it so that they could have food on Saturday and they didn't have to go out and gather this manna. And I think it's also interesting, too, that this manna, you could bake it, you could boil it, you could prepare it in so many different ways. All right, verse 24. So they set it aside until morning, and just as Moses instructed, and it did not rot, nor were there any worms. Then Moses said, eat that today, because today is a Sabbath to Adonai. Today you will not find it in the field. You are to gather it for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath, and there will be none. Yet on the seventh day, some people went out to gather, and they found none. They, they didn't believe God. They didn't believe Moses. They didn't have faith. The same ones, probably, who didn't have faith that there would be manna the next day, so they kept leftovers, and they woke up the next morning, and it was rotten, spoiled. These Probably these same people went out the seventh day thinking, you know what? You know, if it rotted all the other days of the week, why isn't it rotting from Friday to Saturday? I'm going to go out Saturday to see if there's any, any leftover or if there's any manna to gather, and they didn't find any. So these people did not trust God or take God at his word, let alone believe Moses or take him at his word because he was just relaying the very words of God himself. Yet on the seventh day, some of the people went out together and they found none. And Adonai said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my mitzvot, to keep my commandments and to keep my Torah, to keep my law, to keep my instructions? See, Adonai has given you the Sabbath. So on the sixth day, he gives you the bread of two days. Let every man stay in his place. Let no man go out on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. 
Yeshua, when he prayed the Lord's Prayer and says, give us this day our daily bread, Yeshua wanted us to know that our daily provisions are miraculous, just as the manna was miraculous. Our daily provisions are miraculous. We have provisions every day and it seems so mundane, therefore we take these daily miracles for granted. Now, this kind of reminds me of Lamentations uh, 3.23. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is faithful to provide from day to day, from morning to morning. Your mercies are new every morning. God's mercy upon the children of Israel were new every morning because there was manna to be gathered every morning. Great is your faithfulness. He was faithful to provide food, to provide heavenly bread, to provide angel food, as another scripture says. Bread from heaven for the children of Israel to eat. He was faithful, and he's faithful to us to provide for us our daily bread and our daily needs. We are only promised today because today is, is, is all we need. Tomorrow doesn't exist yet. We're not promised or guaranteed tomorrow. So what does Matthew 6.34 say? It says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, we're permitted to be wise like Noah and prepare for the future if we have the means to do so, but we're not permitted to hoard greedily out of fear and worry. The children of Israel wanted to hoard the manna and save it for the next day because of fear and worry, because they didn't believe that there was going to be this miraculous manna on day two, on day three, on day four. So they, they kept it, and then they learned a, a hard lesson. They woke up the next morning, and it was rotten, full of maggots. It was spoiled. And then the same thing for the, the uh, sixth day, when they gathered on the sixth day. You know, they were kind of like, oh, last time we, we tried to, to, to keep leftovers that spoiled and rotted, but they were surprised when they woke up Saturday morning, realizing that, hey, the man is still good. You know, the, the, what we gathered was still good. It, wasn't, it's, it hasn't rotted. It hasn't produced worms. So we're not permitted to, to hoard um, and to, to, to save up out of the motivation of fear and worry, but we are permitted to prepare. So this kind of reminds me of the parable that Yeshua spoke about in Luke chapter 12, beginning with verse 16. It says, Yeshua told them a parable saying, the land of a certain rich man produced good crops. And he began thinking to himself, what shall I do? I don't have a place to store my harvest. And he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store my grain and my goods. And I will say to myself, oh, my soul, you have plenty of goods saved up for many years. So take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. Tonight your soul is being demanded back from you. And what you have prepared, whose will that be? So it is with one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich in God. So this, this man, I mean, it's, it wasn't wrong for him to kind of plan for the future, to plan ahead, but his motivation in planning ahead was a life of ease so that he wouldn't have to toil from day to day, that he wouldn't have to trust or be dependent upon God from day to day. There might've been a little fear, a little, a little worry for him to, to store up. Maybe he was even using the excuse of being like Joseph. We don't know if there's going to be a famine or not, so let's store up as much as we can. But if you store up out of fear and out of worry or out of hoarding or out of the motivation to eat, drink, and be merry, 
you know, there's nothing wrong with enjoying yourself because we're to enjoy what the Lord has provided for us. And we're, but, but the, the Ecclesiastes says we're to learn how to appreciate hard work. Daily hard work we're to appreciate because daily hard work, we consume the fruit of our labor after that hardworking day. And it's an honest day's work. So this man was trying to kind of escape all that. And that's kind of what that, that reminded me of. So Yeshua tells us we are to be like little children. Remember, he, he, he said that the greatest in the kingdom is the ones who, who, are, who are the servants, and the greatest ones in the kingdom are the one who has faith like a child. What is he talking about when he talks about childlike faith? Okay, children don't ask, hey, dad, what's for breakfast two weeks from now? <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a child ask that. You know, hey, dad, what's for breakfast two weeks from now? No, they don't worry. They only say, hey, dad, what's for breakfast this morning? Children have enough faith that they're just concerned about that day, that morning. They're not concerned about tomorrow or the day after that or two weeks down the road. They don't think that far ahead. They just worry and, and, and think and are concerned about day to day. And God says we're to be like children. And, and you know, they're not waking up in the morning saying, oh, no, you know, where's my breakfast going to come from? I better go out foraging. I better go out looking. I better go out. No, they know that if they have loving parents that their father, their mother is going to provide food for them. They know that when they come bounding down the steps after waking up and getting dressed, that there's going to be food in the cupboards, gonna be food on the table before they have to go off to school. You know, and, and again, it reminds me of Lamentations 3.23. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So we are to be, us, we as parents are to be imitators of God and God even said, you know, Yeshua even talks about in another passage where he says, look, you guys are evil. You're fallen human beings, but yet you still know how to good, give good gifts to your children. If your child asks for an egg, you're not going to give him a snake. If he asks for, a, you know, a, a fish or yeah, if you if he asks for a fish, you're not going to give him a snake. If, if he asks for bread, you're not going to give him a stone. And so if you know how to good, 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 give good gifts uh, to your children, how much more so does God know how to give good gifts? to his children because we're his creation we're his children so again matthew 6 34 says don't worry about tomorrow tomorrow will take care of itself each day has enough trouble of its own now what does the verse above that say what does the verse above it tell us about what our priority should be in order to receive our daily bread see matthew 6 is one of our memory verses for 2023 seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness. I'm not really supposed to even be worried about my daily bread. I'm not even supposed to be worried about those things. I'm supposed to be worried about the kingdom of God and his, his righteousness, pursuing the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is the kingdom of God and what is his righteousness? The kingdom of God is displaying God's sovereignty, God's rule on earth through his righteousness, which his righteousness are represented in his commandments. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then it says, all these things, what are all these things? All these worries, all these things you stand in need of is what I like to say. All these things, all of your needs, your food, your clothing, your shelter, your daily bread, all these things will be provided for you. And this goes along with the second memory verse for 2023 is Romans 8, 28. For all things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So secondly, I think Yeshua wanted us to realize we need to seek spiritual bread first before physical bread. 
So it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness is his word. And that is our spiritual food. That is our daily bread. Now, if you'll remember in John 6.35, Yeshua himself says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. He even said in another place, I am the bread that came down from heaven. So Yeshua is our bread. And what is Yeshua? Yeshua is the living manifestation of the written word. So the written word is not only his righteousness, but also the spiritual bread of life. That word, which is the spiritual bread of life, became flesh and dwelt among us, became the living bread was born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem, the house of bread, was laid in a feeding trough where grain, which is used to produce uh, bread, is put for animals to eat. So see how all this ties together? Now, manna, which is also called bread from heaven, was not only a provision, but it was also a test. You know, would they take God at his word? Would they trust and obey him? So let's kind of like recap and, and, and uh, go over these uh, passages again. All right. So in, in Exodus chapter 16, verses four and five, it says that Adonai said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. The people will go out and gather a day's portion every day so that they can so that, so that I can test them to find out whether they walk according to my Torah or not. So on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gathered day by day. So Sunday to Friday, they gathered manna. They gathered uh, one omer for, per person, two quarts, two liters per person. But on Friday, they gathered two omers or two quarts or two liters per person. So they, they, they gathered twice as much. So he says, I use this to test them whether they're going to obey my Torah or not. And so what does verse 22 say? <laughs> On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each individual. So all the leaders of the community came and informed Moses. All right. So it says Saturday was a day of rest. They weren't to gather on that day. So what did they do? They failed the test because the first time when they were gathering at, uh, from Sunday to Friday, Moses said no leftovers. They had leftovers and it bred worms and it rotted. They failed the test. They didn't have that. They, they failed that test of faith. They didn't think that there was going to be manna the next day. And then Friday, they failed the test or Saturday morning, or rather, they failed the test because, you know, he says today is a Sabbath. Today's a rest day. You're not even to leave your tents. You're just just to relax. You gathered enough on Friday for Friday and Saturday. And a miracle took place and it didn't, didn't rot overnight like it did during the days of the week. So they failed the test because we read in verse 27, yet on the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather and they found none. So verse 19 says, also Moses said to them, let no one save any of it till morning. So no leftovers. But verse 20 says they failed the test. They disobeyed. They were faithless. However, they did not listen to Moses. Some of them preserved it until morning, but it bred worms and rotted. So Moses, Moses was angry with them, rightly so, because they didn't have faith. They didn't believe. Probably it's the same frustration that Yeshua had with, with the people and with his disciples when he, when he said, oh, you of little faith. Even on one point, he said, how long do I have to put up with you? Oh, you of little faith. Now, verses 21 through 23, so they gathered it in 
gathered it morning by morning, each man according to his needs. And as the sun became hot, it melted. And on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each individual, four quarts, four liters. So all the leaders of the community came and informed Moses. Verse 23, but he said to them, this is what Adonai has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to Adonai. Bake whatever you need to bake, boil whatever you would boil, and store up for yourselves everything that remains to be kept until the morning. But alas, they failed yet again in this test of faith and the test of trusting and believing God and obeying his word. Verse 24, so they set, out, so they set it aside until the morning, just as Moses had instructed. And it did not rot nor breed worms. Then Moses said, um, okay, well, let me skip down. Yeah, okay, let me keep going. Then Moses said, eat that today because today is a Sabbath to Adonai. Today you will not find any in the field. You were to gather it for six days, but the seventh day is a Sabbath and there will be none. Verse 27, yet on the seventh day, some people went out and get to gather and they found none. So let me ask you this. Will you fail the test as Israel did, or will you trust him to provide your daily bread, to provide for your daily needs? Let me read to you Psalm 78, verses 23 through 25. Um, it says, Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven, and it rained down manna upon them to eat. He gave them grain of heaven. Man did eat the bread of angels. He sent them abundant provisions. So this psalmist is recounting in poetic form the miracle of the manna to remember the manna. So are we going to trust that God is going to provide our daily bread, is going to provide for our daily needs? Anybody ever hear of George Mueller? George Mueller was a, a man of faith. He literally trusted God for his daily bread. He was a very worldly man. He was a womanizer. He was a gambler. He got converted. He got saved. And he ended up building and running orphanages. And they were living, literally living from hand to mouth. Um, they literally did not know where their next meal was coming from. And at night, George Mueller would pray, Lord, you know that these orphans do not have food in the morning. You know, provide, give us this day our daily bread. Provide for these children. You know, he, he even said, provide like the ravens provo uh, provided for uh, Elijah, like you instructed the ravens to provide for Elijah, meat every day. And it even got to the point where the children would get up in the morning, they would wash, they'd get dressed, they would be sitting at an empty table, a table full of empty bowls. And all of a sudden there'd be a knock on the door. George Mueller would go to the door and lo and behold, it would be the baker. And he says, hey, I, I, I just had all these extra loaves or, uh, you know, the Lord laid it upon my heart to bake these loaves. You know, so people would come at, j at just the right time. God is sometimes early. He is never late, but he is always on time. And so George Mueller experienced the miracle of manna, the mystery of the manna that God provided each day, the daily portion of bread for him and his orphan children. So, you know, when, when it comes, when, it, when, when miracles come like this, 
sometimes we're so shocked and we're so surprised at how God will provide when we're in need that we say, <laughs> what's this? In other words, we say manna, because isn't that what manna means? Manna means what's this? You know, it, it's manna is like a su expected surprise. You know, God said he would provide for us our daily bread. Sometimes he forces us to put him to the test. And we literally have to wait and see if God will provide. And when he does, we're kind of shocked, but kind of not. <laughs> and it's kind of like a suspected, expected surprise. And we say, what's this, Lord? Thank you. Thank you, manna. What's this? Thank you for providing for us. So that is the mystery of the manna that's actually found embedded in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. I do believe with all my heart that Yeshua, when he said this and instructed us to pray this, that he was thinking of Exodus chapter 16. He was, he was thinking of the miracle of the manna, the mystery of the manna, the bread from heaven. Because the bread from heaven was the manna that fed the children of Israel. But the bread from heaven is also Yeshua the Messiah himself who came down from heaven and feeds us spiritually. But then it reverts back to that physical reality. Sometimes we literally have to depend upon God for our daily needs and for our daily bread. And that's all that we should expect is enough to provide day by day. Now, we in the West are spoiled. We have stockpiles. We have freezers. We have refrigerators. We have pantries stocked full. You know, so we really, most of us don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from, unlike our brothers and sisters in third world countries, in Africa, and, and in communist countries like China and North Korea, places where they literally don't know if they're going to have a meal the next morning. And they literally have to, to, to um, uh, expect God to provide. Now, I can remember a time from my childhood. My mom and dad really didn't let me in on much because I was a child, they were an adult, they didn't want me to worry. But sometimes children overhears things, right? And I overheard my mom and dad worrying about the financial situation. My dad ended up having to sell his prized coin collection. You know, he had to pawn some things and sell some things. And, and we were still coming up short, still wondering. And, and there was a time, literally, where we did not know where our next meal was coming from. And I remember my parents and I, we went out somewhere, don't remember where we went or what we did. But when we came back, there was groceries, several bags of groceries sitting on our stoop. We literally didn't know where our next meal was coming from. And the Lord laid it on some anonymous soul's heart to buy groceries for us. And we were so glad and so thankful for those bag of groceries that were sitting on our stoop when we got home. The Lord literally provided our daily bread in that instance. We're I mean, it, we're coming on hard economic times. Eggs are insanely expensive now. And the rest of the food's going to be jacked up too. There's going to be hyperinflation because eggs is the ingredients in a lot of foods we eat, a lot of you know processed foods. So the price of everything's going to go up. But yet we're not getting raises. <laughs> you know, our income's not increasing, but yet we still have to stretch that dollar and make ends meet. And there may come a time in the near future where we're literally going to have to take God at his word and believe he's going to send us manna day by day, that he's going to provide for us our daily bread day by day. So that is a challenge to us, a challenge to our faith. And you know, in and of, our, in and of ourselves, of our fallen nature, we don't have enough faith for that. We even have to pray for faith. 
So let's start now and pray for faith. Lord, increase my faith. Give me the faith I need to believe that you're going to provide for my daily needs, my daily bread, day by day. Because you know what? The Lord loves us enough to put us to the test. He loves us enough not to allow us to stay where we are. Because if we stay where we are and don't grow, we're going to stagnate. We're going to atrophy and become weaker and we're going to die. So the Lord brings challenges in our lives to test our faith. And when we pass those tests of faith, we grow stronger. So the Lord loves us enough to test us, to put us to, to the test, just like he put Israel to the test. He tested their faith. They failed, but after so many failures, finally got through their thick skulls and they finally got it. Yeah, the Lord's going to provide. So after the first you know, week or so, they knew that that manna was going to come. And that manna was provided from when they left Egypt till they came to the borders of the promised land. Because after they came to the borders of the promised land, they didn't need the manna anymore. Because once they crossed over into the promised land, it was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was no longer this desert, desolate wasteland. They were entering into the promised land where there were fruit trees. They were, they were clusters of grapes so big, two men had to carry it between a pole. So there was plenty. They didn't need the manna. And so that manna was provided for their entire 40-year journey in the wilderness. And I think that is just totally awesome. And it is a testimony. And it's something we need to be reminded of on a regular basis. We need to be like George Mueller and be like Elijah and believe that God is going to provide our daily bread, our daily meat, what we need for each day. All right, let's go ahead and close with a blessing of the reading of the word. But the, the word, but the but the word of the Lord endureth forever, for the word of God is quick and is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divide asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. She is a tree of life to them that laid hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just increase our faith. All we need is faith, just the size of a grain of mustard seed. That's just like taking a Sharpie and putting a little poke on a white piece of paper. That's how big a mustard seed is. And with that mustard seed, you said that that's all it takes to literally move mountains. So that's all the faith that we need for our daily bread. Lord, increase our faith so that we can trust you and believe you for our daily bread, because faith is something that you rejoice in. Faith is something that pleases you. You want us to be like little children and say, hey, dad, what's for breakfast this morning? Not even worrying about what's for breakfast the next day or the day after that. So Lord, help us to be like little children and to know that you're a loving father and you will not see us begging for bread, suffering or going hungry, but you will provide for us. You will provide our daily, our daily bread, our daily needs, not our daily wants, but our daily needs, because people ended up getting sick of the manna. It, it, sometimes it wasn't what they wanted, but it was what they needed. And you promised you would provide for our needs and not necessarily our wants. Sometimes we, we get that icing on the cake and sometimes you, you, in your mercy, you spoil us and you do give us our wants as well. So Lord, give us the faith for this daily bread. For we ask and pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. Let's close with the Aaronic benediction. Adonai vishmaraka. Ya'er Adonai May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Bashem Yeshua Moshino, in the name of Yeshua our Messiah. Amen.